0: I'm your host, Vic Choksi, and this is Victory Lap. The premise behind Victory Lap is simple. It's to have on luminaries from the sports, entertainment, and media worlds to talk about their journey, and most notably, one victory that helped them reach their goal. On today's episode, I speak with Gregory Butler. He's had an interesting career arc, to say the least, which has led him to founding his latest creation, Zukasa. Zucasa is a game-changing new startup that helps bring people together. I'm excited to chat with him today about his journey, so let's do this. Gregory, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, thank you, and thank you for having me on this episode. You actually exemplify what this pod is all about, you know, music, entertainment, sports, entrepreneurship, so... I'm excited to jump in. So we'll definitely get into your new ventures through CASA. But before we do that, you have an interesting road, an interesting journey before you became an entrepreneur. You're big into the music and creative space. So how did you get into that industry? Was it something you were passionate about? And what are some of the biggest projects in that space you want to highlight?
1: When I got into music, I think I got into it the way that people did Back then, which is I was a kid in a small town who just didn't want to be in a small town and whose relationship to the world was through listening to music and obsessively listening to music and learning about everyone who made music on every level. So it didn't matter if the producers, I can tell you who did the album art, you know, you know, in the 80s, when this was all happening, you know, you would you had labels that every band and everything that came out on that label you loved. And I think, you know, you just the next thing was like, well, I have to do that right it's 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 the thing that gives me meaning you know i was fortunate enough to be able to make money at it pretty quickly which which again you started with even just djing right so i'd yeah. dj at clubs and you know then had my bands you know was able to kind of move through the bands into making working on other people's records so i was kind of in I don't want to overstate it but it is really challenging to make money in music right I really was fortunate that by the age you know 23 24 i was i was paying my bills with music uh albeit I kept my bills pretty low <laughs> 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 and, uh, and and then you know as it moves on and you you know it kind of became more of an a, a, an adult career type thing where you know I, I went from working on people's records to making music for television and to, to a lesser degree film where it is a more, uh, I'll say, process driven thing where you can genuinely like get get something that, that feels a little more like a job than being an artist, right? And, yeah. you know, you uh, have people asking you for very specific things. And, you know, so it had that to it. And, and then throughout that process, too, I was also working on the business side with the, the technical stuff. So the, the kinds of software that people use to make music, the kinds of hardware that people use to make music. So it all kind of like eventually came together in my thirties where I was kind of just doing all of it. So my transition that, you know, you, you mentioned really was a very natural thing where if I'm being brutally honest, just one day I, I realized I didn't like doing music that much. For a living yeah. anymore. And having gone from the record industry to the music for picture side of it, I saw what was happening in the music for picture side and said, I've already been through this before. And how many times am I going to be lucky, you know? And also, I mean, I tell people all the time, I think the parallels between the entertainment industry and the startup industry, it's the same industry. It's like, yeah. there's just not that much different. For me, the highlights, I think they're always going to be the moments that spoke the most to the kid in me. Um, you know, my band supported um, Duran Duran on tour. I lived in London for a while. So I got to do a lot over there and I got to open for Duran Duran. I had, you know, a really f- couple fun moments on stage. I had this one where we were playing at at Wembley Arena. All of the ushers and everyone, they're all uniform. They all line up like it's a military parade before the show would start, you know, as they're all getting done. And Simon Laban walked in front of me while I was sound checking and like came to attention and saluted me. And I would have to say that is truly one of the highlights of my career because it was just such a... a a weird thing at like, you know, 20, yeah, at that time, I was probably like 23 years old to have, you know, to 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 have that kind of thing. But the flip side of it is that I always felt that the art was actually making money in it. And I, I don't say that because I value money above other things. But th- my whole career is a highlight because I paid my bills with music. And, and so I don't have like, I can have little moments like that, that were very special. But at the end of the day, when I look back at everything I did, I don't as much point to those moments as I do the fact that, you know, that I got to do the thing that I know is, is for most a hobby. And there's nothing wrong with it being a hobby, but that, that was my goal. I did my goal. Now what, what was the next thing?
0: When you're in that and learning through the years, is that how you kind of, your mindset shifted a little bit to entrepreneurship? That's where you started one of your first businesses, correct?
1: I feel like I've been a searcher throughout this. I, I feel like I've always been looking for things. This kind of is a personality thing, you know, like when you're a kid and like, you know, a kid wants to be a a, a policeman or, you know, for me, it was like, I want to be a policeman, a teacher and an archeologist. Right. I didn't, you know, yeah. it just didn't matter. Right. I think that one of the fun things in life is that you, you don't, we're in a phase where you don't have to be one thing forever, you know? like my grandfather was a, you know, a cop, that's what he was, you know, and that's, that's, that's totally fine. Um, that's how you do that today. You know, and I think the research says it that like now they, they expect people of, of, you know, my age to have had two and a half careers. And then, you know, people who are just getting into the market now, m- maybe they're going to have five careers, you know, or maybe you wouldn't even call it a career. I don't even know, you know, how we define it. So it, it, in my take, it's like, I took the opportunities that were in front of me, I learned what I learned. And I ultimately just tried to always apply my skill set. You know, when I was doing music for living, I also did sound for toys. You know, I also mixed an African TV show. Like I never looked at it and said, I'm this I just said, I have this skill set, this amount of time, Who, who will pay me to either get better at what I do, Or to use what I already know how to do. And and as long as they aren't impossible to work with, I'll do it. And I think that entrepreneurship came out that way. I I never set out to start a business. I, I had a really unfortunate trait of taking on things that I shouldn't. When I would go to build a studio, I would come up with an idea that made no sense at all. And then I would try to do it myself. And I'd hire some people to help. But like, And I'd get part of the way into it and be like, I cannot believe. That I'm doing this again, and then the studio will be done, and it would look great and work great. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I think my businesses have been the same thing. And I I I know that other entrepreneurs go through that too. You know, you wake up in the morning and you say, "Why didn't I just get a job?" or "Why didn't I do this other thing?" But that's that's just part of the life. So I had this company called PC Audio Labs. We were a systems and a greater uh, building computers for the for the audio industry in general. Our clients were everything from the US military to, you know, Stevie Wonder, right? It like it just didn't, you know, again, it's just an audio computer, however you use it. You know, the funniest thing I always see about it is I had this studio that I built inside of our our warehouses. And I always felt like I was using my my hobby to pay for my day job, right? Like I, my, my, I still, you know, I was building a business, so I couldn't pull a lot out of the business. Of course. I, I've arguably made more from the business since I sold it. But you know, that's the thing about it. You just, you know, you're always making these trade-offs and just trying to do these things. And, and it, to me, it never matters, you know, whether the industry was supposedly creative or not. You know, people will be creative in whatever they do. You can be an amazing plumber and be incredibly creative and do all of that. It doesn't really matter. You don't have to do a startup to be interesting or do music to be interesting you know, as now as people enter the job market, they'll they'll have a chance to find their place, you know. I, and I obviously, you know, th- there'd be a whole other conversation, but I have all of my thoughts about w- the world that they're moving into in terms of what jobs will even mean, what what economics will mean. But, you know, if you're going by the traditional standard, it's just all getting
0: blown up. Zukasa, it leads me to your current venture. Uh, mm-hmm. I would not do it justice if I tried to explain what it was. So I'd love for you to just kind of tell our listeners out there a little bit about it, how the idea came about and how you executed the idea and, and where it's at today.
1: Well, the funny thing is, I, I think I don't even do it justice um, <laughs> because it's, it's definitely, a, a, you know, a platform that when you experience it, you know, the lights kind of come on and describing it, it it always feels kind of dry. Um, but let me talk about how I, how I got to it. And then maybe it'll make a little more sense and I'll, I'll make this relatively short, but, you know, I was running a, uh, uh, an Irish startup that was called whole world band. Um, that was, you know, kind of high profile over there. Um, and that really got me into video and I, I fell in love with video as a, as a medium. Um, and when the pandemic hit the US, from the consulting world where I do a lot of work or had done a lot of work, and I just knew tons of consultants, everybody started calling me and asking me what they could do with video, what were the startups that were out there that were interesting, what the, out of the established things. I'm not talking about investment. I'm talking about how do we apply it because everybody needed it. I was on one of those calls and, and everything kind of came together for me about everything that was missing about what existed. And I happened to know uh, a couple of friends who had technology that was so unique in the space that I knew that as a startup, we could come out of the gate with kind of a world class solution um, to be really generic <laughs> about calling it that, but, but that it really was because with video it's very easy to come up with an idea and say, well, you're going to do a video platform, but, but it's a lot of data and you're dealing with a lot of different kinds of hardware devices, networks, everything else. And it's very challenging to get a uniform experience for the users. And when I say that, you know, as challenging as it is in the US, you, you take that to any other, you know, if you take that to Asia, Africa, anywhere else, it becomes impossible. But but with what they did, I knew it wasn't impossible. And I, you know, so anyway, so uh, I took that idea to them, they started spinning up the I think we had a demo version in three weeks that we could show people, we started showing it to people and the reaction was, as we hoped it would be. And we started raising funds pretty quickly. And again, we weren't going out with this, you know, everybody can talk about blue sky and unicorn stuff, but our, our take was that we wanted to just build a solid business. Uh, you know, we didn't want to raise $10 million in our first week because that's a great headline that creates all kinds of pressures that'll destroy your company. Of course. So, you know, we raised a good amount of seed money, you know, went out and started building it. And, and the basic idea, and I know I haven't even talked about it, but it, you know, Uh, People can go to zoo.casa and check out, you know, there's a one minute demo video, but it it really was about how do you take real world human interactions and place them in in a video space so that you and I as friends can watch a game together in video that a million other people are watching, but we're still having our own private experience. And that's what it's about. And that that private experience can then become a community experience again, you know. So if you, you know, so, so the the real way to say it is like, you know, we can create, you know, we call them CASAs. It's a private digital suite. And in that suite, you can watch an event. We have a full ticketing and event side to it that you can go in and create events and, and do all this sort of thing. And I'll readily admit our UI UX isn't there yet. The everything else is it's, it's very solid. That's kind of the last piece of the puzzle. We've been doing events and things like that, but we're building this as we go uh, to, to get it right while we've been doing a lot of work on white label deals and kind of, we, we want the platform to be super solid and we want to work with other companies to, to make the market right for it. So we've been doing all that. But if you go in and you watch an event or create an event, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get the ability to have, you know, you and I, and we can have like six, seven other friends, whatever, and we can watch something together. And we can be talking and laughing and, you know, and it doesn't interrupt the performer. It doesn't interrupt other people who are watching. And frankly, we can even not interrupt each other. If you and I want to have a private chat while we're in the space, we can do that too without having to leave it, without having to go to another app. So there's just a lot of things we do to really just think about, you know, if I were sitting next to you at the table, what is that like? What if another friend of ours is at the end of the table? What is that like? And, and yeah. you know, just, again, you know, not to over overthink it, but that's that's kind of what it's about for us.
0: No, I think it's a terrific idea. And, and the real world use of this, because of what we've dealt with since the pandemic, I feel like it is exponentially greater now because of just everything that's occurred, right? And when it first happened last year, when the virus and everything happened, we didn't even have interactions with our friends or families. Right. And so to keep saying, we're still like kind of watching TV, watching movies or or doing video calls or, you know, WhatsApps with your friends or Zooms or whatever you can. But now that life is kind of moving on a little bit uh, around the world, sports are back, entertainment's back, concerts are back. That's where a platform like Zucasa really can, you know, come into play and elevate that experience. Right. And so how, how, did the pandemic really affect you guys as a business?
1: It created the opportunity. And I don't want to you know, walk away from the, the enormous damage that the pandemic did, but I, I, it, was, it was the accelerant to what we knew was going to happen, right? It was the impetus that said, okay, if there's any time to start something like this, it's now. We can see that post-pandemic world will still have enormous use for what we're doing. And, you know, because again, back to the community idea, if, if the community was the issue, number one, as things happen in the world again, now we'll be ready for it. Number two, um, uh, again, you and I don't live in the same town. We're not going to go to that game together. This creates that ability for people anywhere in the world. I mean, we've had events where we know that there have been people watching in, you know, a comedy show that was happening in Los Angeles with people everywhere from New York to South Korea watching it. You know, that's a big thing for us and and the the kind of secret sauce on the tech side is is our compression. Our compression truly is groundbreaking and it's and luckily for me again with my partners Tony and Martha, they've already put billions of streams through this compression. They've been, you know, doing it for many many years, so it's tried and true. We know that we can compress files and deliver HD video unlike anyone else, which means we can go into markets that no one else can deliver a solid product. And, you know, we, we look at that also, honestly, as a green thing too, if our file size is smaller, it's taking up less energy. And, you know, so again, I, I feel like we're appropriately positioned to have a really strong company, we will be one of multiple strong companies. And we will go out there and do our best to be ourselves in that space.
0: Definitely. The compression software piece of it reminds me of a HBO show, Silicon Valley Pied Piper. Um, yes. I'm sure you've uh, heard of it or seen that show.
1: You know, I, I won't go deep into this story, but there is a, a real world connection between this compression I'm talking about and that show. It, it there, there was a conversation that occurred with so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not going to tell the story because I don't want to get into it. And <laughs> yeah. Not not for negative reasons, but it's sure. not my story. It's Tony's story. That story is our story. And the thing is we go in and every time we have a meeting, we have to prove it to people. But then once they sure. see the size of the file and they see the quality of the file, the, the deal is done. Um,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So I'll know. transition to sports because that's my thing. Um, you sure. know, those are some of the luminaries that we have on the show. Yeah. This is a game breaker in terms of watching sporting events. Talk to me a Mm -hmm. little bit about just the sports side of Zucasa. You know, are there any big partnerships that you guys have on the table or have already set up or anything in the world of sports that you guys are dropping soon?
1: There's multiple things going on. You know, one part, and this is a funny thing about having been in music. Like when you do something for a long time as a career, you get to know all of the downsides of it. And it kind of tempers your love. I've always loved sports and I've wanted to find a way to be involved in it where I still was allowed to love it. Yeah. Right. And I feel like what we're doing with Zucasa allows me to do that. The experience of watching sports. Yeah. We've had a lot of discussions we're rolling out. um, There's a few things I can tell you about. First, I'll talk about the discussion side of it. We, because of the compression and the feature sets that we have, we're doing some deals outside of the U.S. In, in the sports arena that are very exciting that will allow people to watch sports together, all kinds of different sports. Um, uh, we've also spoken to some groups here in the U.S. about doing VOD uh, and live sports as well. You know, it's it's a kind of a content issue. But the good news is because we're in, an API, we don't mind integrating and allowing people to use it in that way. There's also something I, I actually haven't spoken about. You know, publicly yet, but we're doing a, there's a a project I was working on prior to doing Zucasa, which was called Shadowcast. That's alternative audio for sports. Um, so the idea being that, you know, if you didn't, you know, let's use a a football thing. So if if you didn't want to listen to Chris Collins work, maybe you're listening to, uh, you know, you switch the audio, you know, and you're listening to, you know, well, whomever. And I know that Amazon and and some others have tried some things at this, but we're actually spinning out a company called Shadowcast out of, um, out of Zucasa and out of the same technology we've built with a partnership with shadow machine, which is where the name comes from shadow machine or, uh, a premier animation studio, everything from Robot Chicken to Bojack Horseman. They're doing the new Guillermo del Toro, Pinocchio film. So really wonderful guys, very well experienced and tied in in the entertainment industry. And we have representation and we're going out and, you know, we're lining up some deals with that too. So it's like, I look at it like we have Zucasa there that is a great medium for watching sports. We have Shadowcast that is a great medium for personalizing the experience of sports, and I'm I'm excited about what we're going to do around all of that. I think the first thing we're actually going to do that combines the two is is going to be well, there there's something coming up very soon that's going to be on Zucasa and sports. It's going to and it's and it's going to use Shadowcast as well. So it's going to be a beautiful combination of the two things. And I can tell you that the the deals we're working on for Zucasa straight up in sports are currently very Asia centric. But again, that's where our compression comes in because we can do things that that just can't be done normally.
0: Of course, no, that's terrific. And honestly speaking, I feel like if you can prove that the, this thing not only works, but kills in Asia of all places, then you know, you're, you're sitting on a gold mine. Cause I mean, again, I'm Indian, so I can say this, but like when I go to India, like all my whole life to even make a phone call to India, has been an adventure right it's not yeah. like how it is here and so yeah. of course technology has changed it's gotten a lot better but it's still very very off from you know where we're at here at least and so that that's a big thing that i'm at least looking forward to for, from your guys' perspective to see that really in play
1: well in in you know the way you look at that too is is like you know if we can do well in those markets what we're also doing is establishing a new baseline for people to interact and to to you know, I'll use a generic term again, but you know to consume the content, right? So you know India in particular, obviously large population and and as you know, it's you know different states have very different tastes yep. in India. So, you know, we kind of look at it and say, can we deliver the things that people want in their areas and, and and how do we best make use of the infrastructure? We think that we have some unique solutions. Again, you know, my partners, Tony and Martha had already done extensive work with Tata and, and created some things there on the ground. And we can, you know, kind of take advantage of, of that experience as well. But yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a fun adventure, right? And we don't know. I, I think that a lot of people when they go into the entrepreneurship thing, I, I appreciate the, the vision and the idea that you're locked into something. but it, 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 in my position in life, I, I kind of take it the opposite way. I, I feel like you have to be open to what you see in front of you, just get the, the, the baseline tech right, and then see what starts coming back. And you know we know that our, our core vision is correct, but the way that it's applied, That's, that's not up to us. You know, if you create a platform and you put it out, the way people use it is the way it's supposed to be used. That's it. There is no other answer. So we just, you know, we want to get it right and let the, let the situation and the public decide how, how it, how it best helps them.
0: That's great. Well, thank you for sharing your journey with me. I will let you go after two questions. I I like to ask this question to everybody that comes on the show. So pulling back the layers a little bit, like, Thinking about your journey, was there a victory that you had big or small to help you get to where you're at today?
1: I feel like I look to the things that didn't go right as as ultimately my greatest victories because they're the challenges that taught me like I was the guy who I literally would hang up the records I worked on that failed before I would you know the the gold record right yeah because I felt like I couldn't hide from those. You know, I couldn't pretend that it was only those big moments. But but what I'll what I'll ultimately say is like if I'm, th- th- victories for me have always been people. It's been the relationships that I've built. People who I greatly respect will will call me for input or call me to want to do something. And I I, I know you know maybe that's not the exact kind of answer to that question, but I don't find. Any one particular moment, if if I allow the great moments to define me, I have to allow the worst moments to define me. And once all of that happens, it just becomes more challenging. So I I feel like, you know, I could wake up this morning, you know, or, you know, tomorrow morning and be in a mood that like everything is horrible by the end of the day, be in a mood that's great. And and it could be because of things that happened or, or just my own brain. So I, I, I'm not avoiding the question as much as I'm saying I really feel like like the, the victories to me are the fact that I have a network of people who I can look at and say, those are great people that I trust and respect. And for whatever reason, they decide to talk to me. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the greatest that's the greatest victory for me.
0: That's great. I, I don't think you're avoiding it at all. I think that's a terrific answer, uh, different than, you know, others, but that, that's the cool part about that question. And so everybody's different. And, and so I appreciate you opening up with that. And then parting shot, a piece of advice to some younger people trying to break into just the sports and entertainment world. It's, it's a tough world, right? Any piece of advice that maybe you learned through your journey or you got that you can share with some younger listeners out there?
1: Don't. Look at other human beings for what they can give to you. So don't befriend someone because you think they're going to get you a job or do something for you. If you become friends with someone, do it because you want to be friends with them, because you like being with them. If they are in a position that they can help you, they will do that because they think you have the skill set and are right for that opportunity. You don't, you just let that happen naturally. So that would be one thing. Say yes to things. And when you say yes, put in the effort as if you were being paid a million dollars to do it, you know, because this is the time when you have to prove yourself and do all of that. And, and then ultimately, trust yourself, just just trust yourself that it'll be okay. Because if you if you go into things, thinking that, you know, thinking about what you're supposed to get out of it, thinking that you're not getting enough out of it. Worried about whether, you know, what someone will do or where you will be, it, nothing will work. You, you just have to ultimately accept that the, this this portion of the journey that you're on, you are where you're supposed to be. And I'm not saying that in an esoteric way. Yeah. You literally are. You made those choices. So you are exactly where you're supposed to be. So just, just treat it with that respect and do it. You're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past. Show up, do the work. And all of the relationships and all of the success, if if they exist in that opportunity, they'll come to you anyway, without you having to think about it.
0: That's great. Those are terrific. Three pieces of terrific advice. Uh, I definitely, the older I've gotten, started to live by, you know, some of those as well. And so I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate your time, Gregory. It was fun just hearing about your journey. It's been really cool connecting with you. I'm glad we connected. And I wish you all the best of luck with Zucasa.
1: Thank you so much and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this random stuff and, uh, you know, hope that it is uh, of value.
0: My thanks again to Gregory for joining me today. He's doing some amazing work with Zucasa, so be sure to check them out. And if you enjoyed today's episode please give us a like or a follow and definitely share the word with your friends. Last but not least, you can follow my work at DocSquad33 on Twitter or VicChoxy33 at Instagram. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next time on Victory Lab.